Warning, the following contains explicit material and language. Listener discretion is advised. Love. It's a beautiful thing. It can make you feel like you're flying. And it can make you feel like your world is ending. Some will go their entire lives without ever finding love. Some find it many times. For those who have found love, it can be the greatest thing in the world. But for some, it can be the greatest curse. So Gross Productions and the Hellscape presents Till Death Do Us Part Hello everyone, it's Nels, creator and showrunner of The Hellscape. Welcome to the third and final episode of Till Death Do Us Part. I want to take a moment to thank everyone who's been involved thus far for helping make this an amazing experience and giving all the love and support. You guys are the best. And now without any further delay... On to the episode. Mugs and Kisses, Part 3, by Prismatic Gaze. Two months have gone by, and already we are becoming fast friends. I think today I'll run into you at the grocery store. You always look so lovely, even after a long day. I wonder what you're listening to. You look so content, as though you exist in your own little world. I imagine us putting on your favorite tunes while we slow dance together. You resting your lovely head against my chest as your fragrance thrills my senses. You'll look up at me with those dark mocha eyes, and I'll answer by pressing my lips against yours, savoring your flavor. I already know what you're going to be making tonight. And by the looks of it, there's only one ingredient remaining on the shelf. I'll just happen to grab for it, too. Oh, excuse me. Who the hell is that? Oops, looks like we're needing the same ingredient. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sorry. I didn't mean to bump into you like that. You can have it. I can just use regular cabbage as a sub. No big deal. Thank you. That's really nice of you. If I didn't know any better, I'd say you're going to make stir-fried glass noodles. Yeah. How'd you know? I thought our baskets looked pretty similar. If I wasn't holding on to it, I'd easily mistake yours for mine. Wow. You even got the Szechuan peppers. You really know your stuff. (laughs) I'm a big fan of Asian cuisine. My family runs a restaurant down 4th and Sinclair. If you're ever in the neighborhood, feel free to drop by. Do you work there? Nah. Not since I was a teenager. Is that Jessica Molaski coming out of your headphones? It is. I just really love music from that era. Just makes the world feel a little warmer, you know? Oh, lullaby of Birdland, that's what I always hear when you sigh. Never in my wordland could there be words to reveal in a phrase how I feel. Have you ever heard two turtle doves, Bill and Coo, when they love? That's the kind of magic music we make with our lips when we kiss. 
<laughs> I'm Isabella. I'm Michael. But you can call me Mike for short. <laughs> well, it was nice meeting you. Take care and uh, good luck with your stir fry. Aren't you forgetting something? Oh, what? My number, silly. <laughs> oh, uh, um, I... Let me guess, you're taken, right? Uh, no, I, I just... I, this is just really new to me. <laughs> you're too cute. Here, give me your phone. Okay. Give me a call and we can cook something up together. Maybe even exchange a recipe or two. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> don't forget about me. <laughs> I don't even think that's possible. This is a nightmare. First, you intercept me. Woo her with your velvety pipes. And then act innocent? A regular Casanova if I've ever seen one. Michael Chen. Works at a record store as an assistant manager. No wonder he knew what to sing. Single. Lives alone. Works out. Weekly visits to his parents at the restaurant. Is an active member in his community, hosts frequent fundraising events, and he volunteers at the soup kitchen? <sighs> what a boy scout. Surprisingly, the food is good. Too good. Nothing like MSG to really spice things up, I guess. <sighs> it's been three weeks now, and this guy is just so... Annoyingly consistent. What's worse is that I can see less and less of Isabella at my shop. You and her are getting just a little too close for comfort. The way she looks at you, it makes my blood boil. There has to be some dirt on this guy. There just has to be. Nobody is this perfect without secrets, and I know just the place to unearth your true nature. You would think that when you delete your search history, it's gone forever. That's where people are wrong. With the appropriate funds and connections, you can find anything on the internet. Now, Michael, let's see what you're hiding. Nothing. Nothing? No. No, 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 no. This can't be right. This... at your store shut off 10 minutes before closing. I'm certain that's a feature you implemented, you sneaky fuck. Hi! Welcome to the Vinyl Breath. How fitting. Uh, just so you know, we're closing in five minutes. Feel free to see me if you have any questions, alright? Hey there, Michael. I'm Stanley. Uh, have we met before? <laughs> I just looked at your name tag. No, what I meant was, I think I've seen you somewhere before. At the soup kitchen, no doubt. Oh, I get that all the time. I'm the owner of a coffee shop called The Bean Scene, so I meet a lot of different people. 
Word has it that you frequently host nonprofit fundraisers. I was looking to see if you wanted to partner up and host one at my shop. Oh, I've heard of that place. My girlfriend Isabella loves getting her white chocolate mocha lavender. Hot, of course. No shit, Sherlock. Only thanks to you, that's starting to become a rarity these days. I would feel honored to host at the bean scene, man. Great. I know it's late, but I was hoping we could discuss details at my shop. Is there maybe another time we could go over this? I I do have a few things I need to finish up after work. I'm sure you do. It won't take long, I promise. Also, did I mention that refreshments and snacks are on the house? I happen to know a guy. (laughs) You really are persistent. Okay, but just for a little while, all right? Hey, I like the modern theme you got going on here. I try to keep up with the crowd. Have a seat. Thanks. What can I get started for you? I'll take an iced hibiscus tea. Uh, slightly sweetened with honey, please. I got you. Coming right up. Whoa. That was fast. I can see why business is good. <laughs> I've had some practice. Cheers. To partnership. To a new beginning. That's it. Drink up. Ah. Oh, this is delicious. Glad you like it. The flavors are made in-house. You could have gabbed on forever. Thankfully, sedatives kick in after 30 minutes or so. You're much heavier than you look and wider than you appear. I can barely strap you to this dolly. And we're off to the races. Oops, nicked a corner there. That will be with you momentarily. (laughs) All right, Mikey. Time to wake up. Oh, 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 my head. Oh, where am I? You know what determines the quality of a coffee bean? Climate. Soil, humidity, and above all, altitude. Higher altitudes allow for the beans to develop complex sugars, leading to potent notes and decadent flavors. You see, people are likened to coffee. It is our environment, our nature versus nurture, that determines the quality of the individual. An elevated mind allows for complex thoughts, thus leading to the development of capability and discernment. What is this, a crash course? What the hell's going on? (laughs) You really had me going there. It would seem that you and I have more in common than I originally thought. To think that you would be smuggling cocaine and using your parents' restaurant as a front, no less. But you're a different kind of dealer, aren't you? I certainly got a taste of it myself. Ha! <laughs> I knew I recognized you. You're that unhoused from the soup kitchen. Oh, fucking drop the formalities, Chen. Instead, tell me, why did you spike the food with cocaine? <laughs> Come on, Stanley. I could see that you need help. I promise I won't go to the police. Oh, I look forward to showing them the evidence of your spice trade. 
It's a shame your family's business is going to suffer. You only have yourself to blame. You leave them out of this. What do you want? Money? Drugs? I want you out of Isabella's life. Are you fucking serious right now? Holy shit. You're the reason why she never heard back from those other guys. Oh, God. They were of poor quality. So tell me, Chen, why did you do it? You think you're better than me. Oh, Stanley. Wake up and smell your own fucking coffee. It stinks. Whatever past traumas led you to become this unwarranted vigilante is no different than me wanting to pave a brighter future for our community. One that's not overrun by unpredictable homeless drug addicts. That threaten good, hard-working people. The only deciding factor between us is that your action is self-centered and therefore makes you unworthy of the very person you long for. Isabella. Isabella will be mine. (laughs) When she finds out who you really are, do you really think she'll love a monster such as yourself? Shut up. And what happens when you do finally get her? What if she doesn't live up to your insane expectations? Huh? What then? I said, shut up. (gasps) (laughs) You're just gonna kill her, aren't you? (laughs) You're incapable of love. You're just a lost little boy that didn't get enough hugs from his mommy. (laughs) Silence! I'll be sure that you remain the backbone of your community. <laughs> Let's cut you down to pot-sized little pieces and boil off the meat. Mmm. Tender and useless. We'll render any fat that was procured and continue to boil the skeleton. And voila! We have gelatin. Skelly jelly. I can't wait till this shit gets out of my system. Now it had natural flavors, and that about does it. Isabella, you'll once again find your way to me. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> Until tomorrow. And here's your complimentary heart gummy with your tea. Oh, <laughs> well... Don't mind if I do. Good morning, Isabella. Can I interest you in our special today? Oh, hey, Stanley. What's on the menu? A chai-infused coffee recipe paired with a free heart gummy. I call it Chai Chen Love. I could have used Zen, but it's more fun to say it this way. It's depressing. (sighs) Why do you say that? (sighs) Chen was my ex's last name. Turns out his family's restaurant was shut down for drug trafficking. I haven't heard from him since. And the cherry on top is this drink, Chai Chen. Sounds like Zai Zen, 
which is Chinese for goodbye. Clever girl. Yikes. I'm sorry to hear that. I can't imagine what that's like. It must be rough for you. It's whatever. I'm just not lucky when it comes to love. Well, chai is Hindi for the word tea. <laughs> And? Well, drinking this surely will give you a boost in teaching love to the right person. <laughs> Okay, Stanley. Now you're just teasing me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, Isabella. You're such a great person. Anybody would be lucky to be with you. You really are a nice guy, Stanley. <laughs> nice guys always finish last. So I've heard. What are you doing after work today? It's finally happening. Oh, Isabella. I promise we'll be together forever. Until death do us part. Love is Rough by Brittany Gross. Mick woke up that morning feeling wonderful. It's not every day you get a new lease on life. He and his wife, Kara, had spent the evening before talking about their relationship, working out everything that had taken its toll on the two of them. In the last five years. Tonight, they were having John and Stephanie, a couple they were friends with, over for dinner. They hadn't had time to do that in years. Mick had just been way too busy with work. Mick rolled over and stroked Kara's face until her eyes fluttered open. Ah, good morning, my love. <laughs> good morning. Oh, I, uh, I have to go into work for a little while, but uh, I'll be home by one to help you get everything ready. I promise. Mick gets out of the bed and walks into the bathroom. He turns on the shower, and as he steps into the warm water, he thinks to himself how great it was going to be to have their friends over. Kara was making a roast. Oh, how he loved her roast. He finished up and turned off the water. Mick dries himself off and emerges from the bathroom, just as Kara comes in with a cup of coffee for herself. <laughs> What, no coffee for me? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know your arms fell off in the shower. You should have let me know. Kara smiles at Mick as she walks back out of the bedroom and into the kitchen to make him a cup. Kara, I just, I want you to know that after last night, things are going to be different, okay? I, I didn't know that you felt that way, and I'm sorry. I was only thinking about myself and, and my work, you know, and, and it's just that I've, I've been working my ass off to get this promotion and it, it was totally consuming me. I know. I just don't think the promotion will be worth it in the end if we don't have us. She places a cup of coffee on the dresser for Mick. I think so, too. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have you in my life. Mick smiles and kisses Kara's forehead. <laughs> He finishes getting dressed, downs his coffee, and walks out of the bedroom and to the front door, and opens it to leave, but stops. I'll be back by one. He closes the door, walks down the steps, and gets in his car. He pulls his car out of the driveway, drives down his street, and takes a right turn onto the main road. At the traffic light three blocks down, he comes to a stop, thinking about last night. It had started out like many others. Mick had come home late again. Kara had made dinner, but it was sitting on the table and had long gone cold. 
Nice of you to finally come home. <sighs> I, I know. I'm sorry. I just I got caught up at work. Yeah, that's what you always say. What the hell do you want me to do, Kara? Huh? I'm doing this for us. Jesus Christ! Think of all the money we will have. We won't have to worry about anything. Damn it, Mick! We already have more than enough money. We are in need of nothing. Yeah, no shit. We don't need anything because I work my ass off. Oh, so I don't work my ass off at my job? Damn it! That's not what I meant, and you know it. The honk of the car behind him pulls him out of his thoughts. He looks at the clock on the radio, realizing the time. Oh shit! He continues his drive to work. Walking in the front door at ten minutes to one, he felt a sense of accomplishment. He was early for once. The smell of the roast Kara was making hit him in the face. Kara, I'm home. He hung up his jacket and walked into the kitchen, where she was just finishing up some dishes, and kissed her on the cheek. John and Steph will—they'll、uh, be here in about an hour. Welcome home. Everything is ready to go. I just have to take the roast out in about thirty minutes and let it rest. Why don't you go and get changed? Mick walked into the bedroom and sat on the bed to take off his shoes. For some reason, throughout the day, he'd started to feel as though something was off. He couldn't stop thinking about last night. It's one thing to keep it in the back of your mind when you're trying to do better, but to have it be all you can think about all day is another. He let himself think back to last night to try and figure out what it was that was bothering him. What about when we have kids, Kara? If you're going to stay home with them, then how are we going to make it if I don't get this promotion? Damn it, Mick! We aren't going to have children. <laughs> Because I'm leaving, I can't do this anymore. Mick. Her voice from the kitchen brought him out of his thoughts. What's taking you so long? Sorry, I, I guess I was just、uh, lost in my thoughts. I'll be out in a minute. He quickly threw on a clean shirt and his sneakers and walked into the kitchen. You know, the weather is supposed to be really nice this weekend. Maybe we could take a trip to the beach. He noticed a bottle of wine on the counter next to four glasses and a bottle opener. He opened the bottle of wine and poured her a glass. Ooh, that sounds nice. We could take a few extra days off, stay in the beach house, maybe trade in these wine glasses for some mai tais. He handed her the glass. Why don't you have a seat at the table, and I will go finish everything up. That sounds amazing. Thank you. He watched her as she walked into the dining room, pulled out a chair, and blowing him a kiss, sat down. A knock sounded from the front door. Ooh, I'll get it. Don't worry. Mick opened the door, revealing John and Stephanie. He welcomed them inside. Hey guys, come on in.、It's、so good to see you. Ah, <laughs> Kara's in the dining room, Steph. John and Mick stepped into the living room as Steph made her way into the dining room. The two men clapped hands together like old friends. Hey, man! It's been a while. <laughs> That it has. It's good to see you, man. Their greeting is interrupted by a blood-curdling scream coming from the dining room. Concerned, Mick and John race in. They find Stephanie staring in horror. John shakes his wife. What happened? <laughs> She stands frozen in place, pointing at Kara. What's what's the problem? Mick looks back and forth between Steph and Kara, 
confused. Oh, God. Fuck! What the hell's going on here, Mick? What the hell did you do? What are you talking about? Are you telling me you don't see that? Mick looks over to Kara, who is sitting shocked with her glass of wine. Suddenly, John knocks Mick to the floor, and that is when the final memory of the night before hits him like a speeding truck. What do you mean you're leaving, Kara? Just that, Mick. I can't do this anymore. You're never home. I'm always alone. She slams her fist down on the kitchen counter. What's the point of being married if we aren't ever going to be together? Kara leans forward and bows her head into her hands, sobbing. No. No, 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 no. At that moment, something inside Mick snaps. He reaches for a nearby kitchen knife, carefully walks up behind her, grabs her by the hair, and before she can react, he slides the knife across her throat. You're not leaving me. She tries to scream, but can only grunt and gurgle as her blood gushes from the wide opening he had made. He continued to slice as the skin slid apart and gave way to bone. But he still didn't stop. All of the anger he had was pouring out of him. How dare she take all of his hard work, which he did for her, and make it for nothing. He begins to saw through bone. You can't leave me. Everything I've done, I did for you. And you think you can just walk away? We made a vow! Till death do us part! Her spine gives way and her head rolls to the side as the light leaves her eyes. Mick stares down at Kara's body with wild eyes, body heaving with every breath he takes, tears streaming down his face. He snaps back to himself, grief slamming him in the chest. Oh my god. What did I just do? What did I do? He sobs, rolling onto his back on the floor. Kara was the love of his life, and he would have done anything for her. He lay there, his whole life crumbling around him. Kara is the love of his life. Nothing was going to take her away from him, not even his own hand. He heaved his body from the floor and stumbled to the drawer in the desk where Kara keeps the sewing kit. He pulls out some thread and the biggest needle he can find. He scoops Kara's head from the floor and cradles it in his arms. I'm so sorry, baby. I never wanted this to happen. He kissed her lips, now starting to turn a pale blue. I will fix it, I promise. I'm gonna fix it. Mick gently places Kara's head on the floor and lines it up with her body. He reaches down and pinches the two pieces of skin together. John's voice calls him out of his memory. Jesus Christ, Mick! John pulls his panicking wife into the living room. I'm calling the cops! Mick's eyes drift across the room to where Kara is not so much sitting as slumped at the table. Eyes staring straight at him, skin dead and gray. The blood covering her dress had dried, her mouth stuck open in a silent scream. Mugs and Kisses, Part 3, was written by Prismatic Gaze, featuring William Hopkins as Stanley, Molly Rock as Isabella, 
and Nels Gross as Michael. Love is Rough was written by Brittany Gross and featured Jarrett Griffiths as Mick, Nefiri as Kara, Talon Winchester as John, and Maggie V as Stephanie. Audio engineering for Love is Rough by Michael Newton. All music and sound design, as well as audio engineering on Mugs and Kisses Part 3 by Nels Gross. Join us on the Hellscape next time for the Multiverse Asylum Part 1. <laughs>